Broadcasting live from the Canyon, the Canyon Slaug. On the plain of Amonkhet, this is Tap Tap Concede. One of those has to be correct. Maybe. Look, it's spelled Slaug, and I'm going to call it a Slaug. Uh, slug. It's Norwegian. It's pronounced Slug. <laughs> I'm, I'm convinced the H is voiced. <laughs> it's, it's pronounced... <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to an episode of Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham, and joining me is Cameron. Hello. And Nelson. Hi there. And today, we're going to take it easy. We're going to talk about some new secret lair news, and then we're going to crack some packs, because we got some packs to crack. We haven't done that on this show in ages. 15 years. That's what it feels like. Before yeah. we do that, a reminder that this show is brought to you by our good friends at Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all of your Card Kingdom needs. If you tell them, loading ready, run sent me. Button please, they'll give you a little one inch button, which right now says putting the woo in Wooberg. Also, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And thank you always so much for doing so. Hey, secret layers are back after a like real barnstormer first quarter of the year with just with seeming like we were tripping over secret layers every other day. There uh, haven't been any for a while, which is probably for the best, but they're back now. They just sort of popped up one the other day all about slimes. I for one, I'm here for the fact that secret layers are the tribbles of magic. You know, you just can't really predict when or where where they'll strike. Or how much of a problem it'll be. Yeah, I mean, I kind of enjoy these products. They're like weirdo one-off things, and you get weirdo art. Yeah, the weirdo art in this particular instance is all by one specific artist, Wizard of Barge, is that correct? So I believe, I haven't done the Googling here, maybe someone else will while I'm speaking, but I believe that this artist has done all the artwork for the board game epic spell battles of the master now i got it wrong darn it of the battle wizards epic spell wars of the battle wizards something like that it's a pretty fun very easy to learn card game with this kind of like you know ren and stimpy sort of like late elementary school doodle kind of like awesome art style it's like that sort of childish looking art but it's great i am familiar with that game yeah i think we have a copy of the moon base but didn't get around to playing it before we (laughs) were forced to stop playing tabletop games Sorry, I was doing some cursory Googling, but you are correct. The The artist known as Barge or Wizard <laughs> of Barge is indeed the the artist of whom you are thinking. And yeah, has done some really funky, cool looking designs, very brightly colored. Very, puts me in mind of some sort of 1980s psychedelia yeah. of scavenging ooze, acidic slime, void slime, the mimeoplasm and necrotic ooze nice i love the flavor text there's new flavor text by the way there's no room for new flavor text on the mimeoplasm but the one on void slime which is a counter spell is cyclonic yeah justice pretty fantastic yeah it's a win this product's a win it's great it uses an art style from an artist that we haven't had yet and it's so niche like it's it's niche enough that like you know, the price tag or whatever, or the waiting for the shipping or the like difficulty with getting the product if you want it has to all kind of come second place to just how weird this is and how f- few people are likely to care that this exists. 
<laughs> am, am I right? Like, yeah, that's how I feel about it anyway. Yeah, I think it's super, super cool looking. So that's, I mean, that's already gone by the time of recording. So I guess I missed it. But there's another secret layer that just appeared today. And it, so it, it does something that I think is a very good idea, which is that there is a foil and non-foil version. And the non-foil version is 30 bucks and the foil version is 40 bucks. So it's just okay. really straightforward. It's just like, do you, do you want them in foil? And they don't call them premium either. They call them foil. It's like, do you want them in foil? 10 bucks more. Because some people in the past have been like, uh, they're foil. I don't know. I don't really like the foil. I don't want it. And some people have really wanted the foil. So I kind of like that. Yeah, no, that, that seems like a good move. Yeah, the questionable part is that it's all about dogs and there's no dogs in it. Oh, weird. Okay. I actually really enjoyed that. Apart from my own distaste for dogs, but I thought these were like, I thought these were very cute. I like these ones. So it's International Dog Day is the hook and it's new art for Lightning Greaves, Ancient Grudge, Rest in Peace, and dig through time, all with special new art featuring very good pups. I really enjoyed all of these, especially the ancient grudge art, which has like this, I don't know what it is. It's a pug, it's something brutally inbred, uh, yeah. screaming at a mirror. And I just enjoyed that ancient grudge, right? Like this pug one day is going to finally get rid of that other dog that appears sometimes in the house. And matches it move for move. I don't understand why they wouldn't have gone with at least one dog, though. I mean, there's several, like, displayable dogs in Magic that people want. There's some iconic ones and there's some playable ones. And, and there's some that are both. And, yeah, why not Why not give us at least one good boy? But I guess it's just all about the art. Yeah. I mean, like, it, it's all, like, dog-adjacent, right? Like, Dig Through yeah. Time has this dog that is digging through, like... I couldn't quite resolve it in the preview I saw, but it's, you know, a dog digging a hole, as dogs do. The Lightning Greaves is a dog, like, mauling a pair of slippers. Rest in Peace is like a dog flopped over for scratches, right? It's 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 very peaceful looking. Yeah, okay. That I mean, this is all some, like, very cute, very hilarious, you know, magic jokes going on. So I, I have to approve still. I'm... Slightly confused that there isn't at least some kind of like mascot dog to be on the front of this thing, but that's fine. Isamaru would have been a good a good pick. That's the main dog of magic when I think of dogs in magic. But this new this pack leader card from M21, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see this thing showing up in like I, I mean, I don't know, not not like serious eternal unless they print a bunch more dogs, but certainly like all the EDH theme decks are gonna want. It's kind of like it's just a real strong card in draft, so it's got that kind of like this is a thing feeling you know this is a card that only costs two mana and yet at a commander table probably someone's going to spend a spell to kill it so there's probably a few other dogs that i've forgotten as well but isamaro more alt art for that guy sure why not these are the only two secret layers that we know about at the moment because they didn't they teased the summer drop series and did a whole unveiling of that but these just sort of came out of nowhere with no fanfare they were like hey guess what they're secret which i i also think is kind of sweet they're just like they're available now get them or don't yeah i mean i guess like were they were they advertised on the main page of arena because i've been playing a bunch this week and i haven't seen them it'd be neat if like you know you did at least have a good chance of knowing when secret layer was coming out i see ads on social media but like i got i saw facebook ads for the for the ooze one 
but I'm just finding out about the dog ones right now in this podcast. And I don't know. I feel like I could go, I could go a day without being on social media. <laughs> Get it? I just said that. I, I'd like to believe that I could go a day without being on social media and then I would miss the ads. And so it's kind of like, well, you want to get your target market so they all pile in there. I found out about the dog one because I saw Ben Wheeler tweet that it needs more dogs. Or just that he thought it would have more dogs. It was basically just, you know, I've assumed that a secret layer focused on dogs would have dogs. <laughs> all right, well, I want to adjust my answer then because I saw that tweet, but... I've known Ben Wheeler a long time and I didn't immediately in my mind think there is a new secret layer about dogs. But then when you started talking about it and Cameron started talking about it, I thought, oh, the dog secret layer is real. So now it's, it's confirmed <laughs> for me. The dog secret layer isn't real and can't hurt you. I love, I love that you're like, oh, that's just Wheeler talking garbage. Yeah, no, I mean, or like could be. Like it certainly hasn't passed through. And, you know, this is something that I... No, no shade here for, for anyone curious about the Nellie Wheeler dynamic. Like, we're not, I'm not in any way trying to put Wheeler under the bus here. No, this is just the logical extension of your lived experience from knowing him for many years. Exactly. Yeah. If you try to ask Wheeler if he's got the pyroclasm before you commit all your elves to the board, you better get ready for some weird range of potential responses and then try to glean some information from, like, you know, how much or little he moved his chin. He's pretty good at magic, folks. Anyways... So there's these two secret layers. I like, even though I don't like that the announcement before the purchase window was so short, I don't actually love that. I do love that they're both extremely niche and like, they, you know, they have the feel of secret layer. They feel like this is what Mythic Rare was supposed to be. You know, like this is just like a very mm. weird part of magic, not necessarily like a very Fetchlands part of magic, like not a like more expensive version of a thing that's already too expensive, right? Like the, the polar opposite to the super secret layer or whatever. Speaking of, you mentioned earlier the summer super drop. Yeah. Has anyone, has anyone got theirs yet? I feel like I paid for that thing a long time ago. I know there have been massive COVID related delays. Like these ones say in big letters, the ones that are up for order right now, say the estimated shipping date is Halloween to the middle of December. Okay. So yeah, they're fair enough. giving themselves a month and a half window before they will even ship. And that the dates for that is set months from now. So I don't right. know. I think, I think they're giving themselves a big buffer. I got the Theros stargazing. Well, I didn't end up with any from the summer super drop, but I did end up with a Theros stargazing and that did eventually arrive though. I can't confirm the quality of it myself because it arrived at my friend's house in Seattle uh. where I ship things that are prohibitively expensive to come across the border to Canada. And so now they're trapped in America for the foreseeable future. Look at you smartly saving that 50 bucks. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Every other year, it's a great idea, right? Yeah. There's someone that comes from Seattle and crashes on your couch like every other weekend. It feels that way. My playdates are always getting busted up by some nerd I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> there are some packs that I have here that we okay. could spend the rest of the show cracking into and taking a look through if we felt so inclined. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yes, please. I haven't cracked packs in ages. So let's go in reverse chronological order. When did these release? I have, maybe you can do it without, without looking. I have a pack of Magic Origins. Okay. I have a pack of Theros, and I have a pack of Cons of Tarkir. That's not an order, so... No. The it freshest. went Theros, Cons, Origins, right? Yeah, I believe that's correct. 
Origins is the most recent. Well, let's start there. No one's double checking. Oh boy. There's that noise. I, we're not going to check. Nope, just we're not rip checking. Us, just, just rip into me in the comments. It's fine. All right. First up in our pack of Magic Origins, we have Mage Ring Bully. <laughs> One in a red for a 2-2 human warrior with prowess, and it attacks each turn if able. I love the idea that this, like, mean 16-year-old kid with a stick is, like, haunting the real adult Jace constantly in his dreams, like, in his mind. Yeah, Jace still wakes up in a cold sweat. Yeah, the, the printing of this card, honestly, just made me feel better about the balance of things. You know, it's like, here's a bad person, and... Don't worry, they they still serve some good. They're still they're, they're a problem for another bad person. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't worry. Like, sure, Jace the Mind Sculptor plus twos leaves your card on top, and like everything in your world is the worst. But at least he also wakes up with a cold sweat thinking about this weird dude in a cape. I just love the flavor text. It's such like a nineteen eighties nineties teen comedy bully line, you know. Don't be rude, Balerin. We just want to enjoy the view with you. Don't fall off. No, no, no. I love your blue cloak. No, I really like it. It looks great. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Thank you for seeing me, Mr. John Hughes. Yes, I, I'm hoping to audition for the part of Mage Ring Bully in your upcoming summer blockbuster, 16 Candles. <laughs> yeah, 16 Mage Rings. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, Vryn, there are circles. <laughs> How do you know it's Vryn? Yeah. Next up is Grasp of the Hieromancer. One in a white for a creature enchantment. Enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has, whenever this creature attacks, tap target creature defending player controls. I never drafted this card, sorry. Nope, me neither. I love that effect when it's already attached to a creature, not when I have to do it myself. Yeah, no. No, it's not. Did not pick this up. No. All right. Touch of Moon Glove. Single black mana for an instant. Target creature you control gains plus one plus O and death touch until end of turn. Whenever a creature dealt damage by that creature dies, its controller loses two life. Oh, yeah. Totally fine trick. Yeah, this one was it's like they've been working on this trick for a long time and we keep seeing different versions of it. And I don't know that any of them like the like instant something gets death touch. I don't know if any of them have ever really busted out into constructed, but I prefer paying three mana and like getting to either gain life or regenerate the creature. Was this a reprint from like Lorwyn? No, it's new. It's just from Lorwyn. The, the theme of the card is from Lorwyn. Okay. The, yeah, I believe this is the first printing. Uh, Subterranean Scout. One in a red for a 2-1 Goblin Scout. When it enters the battlefield, target creature with power two or less can't be blocked this turn. This is a playable in a draft. Yeah. Not, not super enthusiastic about it, but I guess... It's a piker with some with an extra ability. The two one from Zendikar that just says target creature can't block this turn is kind of like the closest one to being playable in Highlander Goblins. Like I think that one might have gotten played for a little while in you know the format of Constructed that plays some of the worst cards. Goblin Shortcutter. Thank you. Yeah, Shortcutter. showed up in Jumpstart recently, didn't it? That's right. Yeah, you can play it on Arena if you want to. Uh, Timber Pack Wolf. One in a green for a 2-2 wolf. It gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control named Timber Pack Wolf. I never got this together. Not once. I did once, but only because we were playing that really, really, really dumb game at PAX East one year where we opened like a bajillion boxes of... Uh... Oh, yeah. Do you remember taking these? Or Didn't James famously first pick this in box draft? 
Do you remember that thing that happened at the end of the the Grand Prix? Sometimes there was an event where like if the Grand Prix was limited and wasn't super well attended, the judges just had all this product or that well as the TOs had all this product that they had to just like, you know, open for whichever TO is there so they can like keep the rares and sell them as their store. But hmm. the judges and slash like, you know, James or Megan and Maria or like whoever's around, like the casters would get to come to this party where they first they would open 36 boxes. And then like the way you draft is you pick one card mm-hmm. and you get every copy of that card. That's similar to what I'm describing. Yeah. Someone picked Timberpack Wolf pretty high. Unfortunately, I don't know how many of the games actually got played because by the time we were done sorting all the cards and then going through picking everything, it was like 4 a.m. Right. Sorry. What's the name of the format? Did I say it right? Or... Oh, I don't know. The thing that I'm talking about wasn't a real format. Don't say that, Graham. They're all real formats. We called it the uh, Mega Gillian's Booster <laughs> Box draft because it was mike gills who worked at wizards at the time who was like hey i have a whole bunch of extra product please help oh nice okay sorry yeah next is stratus walk one in a blue for a creature enchantment it when it enters the battlefield draw a card and the enchanted creature has flying and can only block creatures with flying sorry can block only creatures with flying no sir i don't like it why does block come before only there i don't understand i think the implication is if it was worded differently than it could be interpreted that it, that's the only thing that it can do at all. I like it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. We got there. Okay. Some yeah. rules lawyer kid that doesn't know how magic really works was going to try to stuff his friend by using this as a blue pacifism that draws a card. What an insane card. I have a blue pacifism. Stratus walk was okay, but it was better when there was heroic. Claustrophobia is next. One blue blue creature enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, tap the creature and the creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. Okay. Chilling art, as always. I think this is the first pick so far. This is a solid play. And I believe, you know, kind of famously, this card's from Innistrad, the first printing I believe of this card. And LSV was like the one I remember pointing out that it was criminally underdrafted. I think it was Innistrad. Looks like it's from Innistrad, right? Oh, it's absolutely from Innistrad. Yeah. Okay. No, it's real good. Mantle of Webs is one and a green for a creature enchantment, and the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus three, and reach. A lot of creature enchantments in this pack. Yeah. Uh, was there historic in this? Or sorry, was there heroic in this set? I don't think so. I don't think so. There was prowess, I guess. There was also, what was the one where the first time something connected, it got a plus one, plus one counter? Oh, yeah. That was the creature-based, like... Renown. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. No heroic, but, like, yeah. I don't know. It's possible the green-white draft deck of this format was enchantments. It was, but usually you wanted to get the, um, what is it, the O-ring equivalent. Firefight right. chains, something like sure. that. Yeah. This is a bad card. Don't play it. Boggart Brute is next. It's... Two and a red for a 3-2 Goblin Warrior with Menace. A solid little guy. Playable. Definitely playable. Into the Uncommons. Sigil of Valor. Two mana equipment. Whenever equipped creature attacks alone, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn for each other creature you control. And equip is one. So it like it gives this one creature as if the rest of your creatures had exalted. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, that's not, it's not bad. When this came back as an enchantment in, was it Ravnica Allegiance or was it War of the Spark? There was a, last year, last calendar year, there was a white four mana enchantment that would do this for you. And it was, it was solid in that environment. Put this on a lifelink creature. Woo. Woo. 
or one of those uh forget did origins have the black one one for two that's unblockable i think so tormented spirit or something what one one for Sounds one that's right. unblockable or like something similar i think i think it might have had the one one for one tormented soul it's yeah i think it's tormented spirit something like that hmm. i can see the art can't block and can't be blocked that sounds right. It just doesn't do combat. It only does damage directly to the face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It mainly knows how to hurt people. Yeah. Next is Anointer of Champions. Single white mana for a 1-1 one, one human cleric. Tap. Target attacking creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Also known as Veteran in- Infantry, I think. Mm. Infantry Veteran. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly irritating in combat, just like the way that it would mess with math. This is a real card. They make a, another version of it where you pay one more generic mana and that's a flying creature. Ooh. And, th- and that card is real good. Angelic Page. Yeah, Angelic Page, I think. When you're kind of close to stalled, you just activate the ability and you always win combat. And then if you're actually stalled, hey, maybe you're getting in for one a turn. Ooh, our last uncommon, Fleshy Bee. Hey. <laughs> Fleshbag Marauder, two and a black for a 3-1 zombie warrior. When it enters the battlefield, each player sacks a creature. My friend John Rickard and I, um, you know, well, this is his bet that he he came up with, but I'll just put in the limelight. Go follow the Goozler on Twitter. Postulated one time that the existence of the Fleshbag Marauder must therefore, you know, prove the existence of like the Fleshbag Accountant, like the Fleshbag, <laughs> you know, after school care worker, Fleshbag bus driver. Yeah, there's like an entire Fleshbag civilization out there. Yeah, there's a Fleshbag janitor. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you're fleshbag tv show host i have to say though i preferred the art from was it was it just from alara or was this from conflux i think it's from first i think it's from shards of alara and yeah the first one's an actual bag well he's not like sideburns <laughs> yeah sort of like neckbeard marauder right oh but like mm. some weird patches of hair looks like a janitor like, you can imagine this guy just, like, resentfully scrubbing graffiti off a high school wall with turpentine. Or, like, imagine if Fleshbag Marauder gets Soros to plowshares and just, like, his weird bone picks just immediately turn into weird bone farming implements. <laughs> He's, it's already in the, like, prick posture to start to reap wheat. Yeah. With three hands, for some reason. Maybe that's where all the Fleshbag civilization went. They all got swords to plowshared. Also, I want to call us out for the last one minute for gendering Fleshbag Marauder for I just have no idea why. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> fair, fair. Point. Like Fleshbag Marauder probably doesn't even want to be they. It's just Fleshbag Marauder. Flesh, Fleshbag. It's just Fleshbag Marauder always. Yeah. <laughs> no occupation, Fleshbag. You know, name, Fleshbag. Like pronouns, Fleshbag. Her rare is the Caves of Koilos. So rare land enters untapped. Tap to add one colorless or tap to add white or black, but it deals one damage to you. I'm 100% taking claustrophobia. We do have a foil. Oh, oh there's a foil. There oh, is oh. a foil and it is rare and it is pretty good. Oh, no. It's Sword of the Animist. Oh. So two mana equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one plus one. Whenever equipped creature attacks, you may search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Equip for two. This card is good in the niche constructed deck for it or commander, but in the draft environment. I mean, Claustrophobia is a pretty compelling pick. This most of the time is going to be like a short sword that is grabbing you another basic, which is not the worst. But yeah, I think I think Claustrophobia, although I might be weak and be like, 
and just grab the fleshy bee, even though I think fleshy bee is not great most of the time in draft. I like couldn't even place during in this pack what were the synergy picks, like what picks go into a good archetype for Origins. I believe in Origins, most of the time, I wanted to try and be in like blue-red Thopters. Am I thinking of M15? Yeah. No, no, that that that's Origins. You was it Origins? Mm-hmm. I just I just didn't see any of the good cards from Origins I'm used to seeing in this pack. So yeah, because Origins had like preview, like sort of kind of previews of Kaladesh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because you could get um the Walker, Hangerback Walker in in Origins. That That's was right. its first printing. That's right. There she is. So you're both going claustrophobia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if you need to rare draft that foil sword, so respect. Like that's totally fine. According to James, it's worth ten bucks. Yeah, it's a good card in Commander. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw it get some play in in Limited because just getting to go looking for a land every turn. No, fair enough. I mean, yeah, especially if you have a deck that has a bunch of chumps or just a deck that really wants to cast your six drops. Like, yeah, the the effect yeah. is real strong. It's just, I guess. I, I drafted in a, in a weird time where if you wanted to, you could play Explorer's Scope, which is literally like half of this much mana, and you don't get the land every time, but you get it uh, about half the time. And it's being half the mana is a really big deal when what you're trying to do is ramp or get landfall triggers. I think a Explorer's Scope always kind of taints this card for me. Like you're actually paying the full price of, as you said, Short Sword or Land and Scimitar, plus the full price of Explorer's Scope. And then you get the reliability of always getting the land. But I, it bothers me. It kind of irks me that these two effects are together. I don't like that we have the powerful effect of digging for land strapped to the really weak effect of like a medium amount of power and toughness boosting equipment. Hmm, that's fair. Let's move on then to this pack of Cons of Tarkir. I'll take Butcher the Horde. Mm. Oh, that that was some good sound, by the way. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Awesome. So, so far we're correct because the copyright on Sword of the Animus is 2015 and the copyright says 2014 on this Sage Eye Harrier. Four and a white for a 1-5 bird warrior with flying and morph for three and a white. A reminder, morph is you pay three generic mana and you can play the creature face down. You know what it is your opponent doesn't. And it's a 2-2 creature. And then at some point, you can pay that creature's morph cost to just immediately turn it face up. This one doesn't do anything special when it's turned face up. It just becomes a 1-5 with flying. Not exciting, but definitely also present. Mm-hmm. A lot of the powerful morphs that you're going to be playing in this limited environment would cost 5. Yeah. Like I think everything that could eat another morph cost 5. They did something like that. Yeah, there was this low-key not explicitly made known strategy thing, which was that all the morphs that cost less than five mana to flip up wouldn't kill one another in combat, which must have been very difficult to work out, right? So like this is just doesn't have enough power to be a threat in combat is the trick there. Yeah. Trumpet Blast is next. Good old Trumpet Blast. Two and a red for an instant attacking creatures get plus two plus oh until end of turn. Definitely lost games to this. Mm-hmm. If you're picking this, your deck is fun, but you should almost never pick it first. Yeah. No. Rotting Mastodon. Sorry, Mastodon. It is Mastodon. Rotting Mastodon. Four and a black for a zombie elephant. It is a 2-8. That's it. I wonder if Mastodon's put out an album since 2014. (laughs) My my god, this card must have been so mad about Yargle getting printed. (laughs) 
Oh, no. Right? Right? Look at the stats. Oh, <laughs> it's just no. so irritating. Disdainful Stroke is next. One and a blue for an instant counter target spell with Neverta mana cost four or greater. So very neatly cannot counter morph, but can get anything real big and scary. This is quietly one of the coolest cards printed in the last 10 years. It's good, right? It's a good card. It's never been an overpowered card. It managed to be like an important answer cards that the decks can get into without being like oppressive, you know, like... It's not good against lots of strategies, obviously. Yeah, I really like the design on this card. Proud, proud of Wizards for figuring this one out. Here's one that's not nearly as spicy. Lens of Clarity. One mana for an artifact. You may look at the top card of your library and at face-down creatures you don't control. This just sucked so bad. <laughs> this card This card has cool art, which means it's going to make a great, you know, hundred of to pick up for free and then cut up and, like, paste onto your deck box. You see how the the person holding the lens of clarity is like, ah, that morph? It's a big-ass tiger. It's coming right at me, and they're going to die. And that's the whole story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it. They're like, aha, I see what that morph is. Ah, my innards. I wonder if this morph is going to kill me. Pulls out lens of clarity. Yep, it's going to kill me. That's it. That's the tweet. <laughs> Firehoof Cavalry is next. Single white mana for a 1-1 human berserker. And for three and a red, it gets plus two, plus O, oh, and trample until end of turn. That horse is so pretty. It's a very majestic horse and a card I don't think I ever saw played. My coffee got cold. <laughs> I'm drinking beer. What time is it where you oh. are? <laughs> Oh god, it's 7.30. <laughs> this card I have played in, I believe, the same deck that I played Trumpet Blast. Okay, that alright, alright, fair enough. Or or a deck where I only played planes, but like had some equipment and stuff. Like if the thing about this card is that like some of your raid triggers are worth a card. Yeah. That's my okay. that's my defense of this card. Like I'm not saying pick it, but if you end up with it at the end of the draft, sometimes you're like, oh, Wait, in pack three, I could actually push myself into mono white. Fair. Next up is one of those removal spells that isn't amazing, but you just kind of have to play it. Bring low. Three and a red for an instant. and deals three damage to target creature. If that creature had a plus one, plus one counter on it, bring low deals five damage to it instead. I knew I had messed up when I included this card in my 40 card deck. I often included bring low in a 40 card deck. It wasn't good, but you just kind of needed it. I, I just I just hate everything about this card. <laughs> it's again, it's not good. Consider the 18th land over this pup, this puppy. <laughs> what about this puppy? It's an elk. Highland game, one and a green for a two-one elk. When it dies, you gain two life. Super duper playable. Straight shooter with upper management written all over it. Yep. <laughs> I keep repeating that, but you know. We, we need more managers in this world, I feel. Yeah, clearly. We need our, who's going to manage our managers except more managers? The fourth Highland game is probably too many. Again, unless you're mono green somehow. Good for you. But these, and they trade with morphs. Yeah, that was sort of key. Yeah. And you would always block, be like, oh, you're attacking with a morph? Block. Easily. And there's some playable pump spells in, in this format, like big time. Mm -hmm. So just ha having lots of creatures, you know, is good. Next, we have Scoured Barons. It is a land. It enters tapped. When it enters the battlefield, you gain one life, and you can tap to add white or black. Love it. First pick. 
these were flying around the format. And as a reminder, if you didn't play Cons of Tarkir draft, it's sort of like one of those like special formats they run on Magic Arena, and it's both players start at 22 life with two lands in play. <laughs> because the first two turns of Game of Cons of Tarkir was just this tap land, I gain a life, pass. This tap land, I gain a life, pass. Okay, the same again in two different colors, pass. Yeah, if you're... If you hadn't played the format or you're new to Magic or you don't play Magic, but you like listening to us talk, this is because the, the, the packs haven't shown us yet. This is an all three color decks format mm-hmm. where it's the the wedges, the a color and it's two enemies. So, yeah, fixing was important because they're three color almost all the time. They're called the wedges because if you turn a Magic card over and you look at the colors and you make little isosceles triangles, not isosceles, but they're make little wedges little little cheese wedge shapes with those those are the wedges so like green white and black it's two it's two neighbors and the color across from them they're shared enemy yeah yeah the the most selfish pizza slices exactly it's like the yeah the wedges in uh in magic are like if you cut a pizza like you didn't want to have friends anymore after you served yourself I should try that sometime. Embodiment of Spring is next. It's a single blue mana for a 0-3 elemental. And for one and a green, tap and sack it. Search your library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. You know, bad Steve is still Steve. I definitely saw this card get played. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Into the uncommons now, Gurmag Swiftwing. I kind of like this little dude. It's one and a black for a 1-2 bat but it has flying first strike and haste. Yeah, this is a weird card. Yes. We don't see this exact combination much else. It's like there's also planar chaos Miri, right? Mm-hmm. Which this is kind of half of, but there's not a ton else of like these three abilities together. And it was kind of good. Like in this format, so I don't know if it would be great in any draft format, but I remember being pretty stoked about this guy even though clearly it's a squire, right? Yeah. yeah. There's a fair number of 1-1 tokens lying around. And then also just the black decks getting to have a, at least one point of reach. Or like if you're green-black, you could be on Become Immense Haste flying. Mm. That's a lot of reach, right? Like, yeah. you know, there's... Uh, yeah, I liked this card. Next is the this card of this set. It's Water Whirl, four blue-blue for an instant in this case, which is actually pretty cool. Return up to two target creatures to their owner's hands. If I recall correctly, this card actually didn't see a lot of play because it was six mana. Yeah. But the idea of getting to do this at instant speed is pretty compelling. I've played it. And I figured out why no one else was by the end of that draft. There's just a competing card in blue in the same set, I think, at common or uncommon, that has delve. And it's like, it'll tap down two creatures, or it'll bounce one creature. Uh, Will of the Naga? Mm, that sounds right. That's the one from Fate Reforged, yeah. No, there's another one from that. There's Set Adrift from this set, I think. But there's also... I want to say there's another one that like freezes two creatures. Like there's a frost breath that's like also six mana or five mana, but it has delve. Huh. Anyways, I, yeah, I just remember this card getting overshadowed. Right. Well, speaking of delve, our last uncommon is good old murderous cut. So four and a black for an instant with delve, which means each card you exile from your graveyard while casting it pays for one generic mana. Simply destroy target creature. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Sorry, scoured barons new plan this is the best card in the pack so far well we only have the rare left and 
It's a good one. I remember this card being good, but the question remains if it's better than Murderous Cut, and I don't know. Dragon Style Twins. Oh. Three red red uh. for a 3-3 three, three with double strike and prowess. This card's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this will end a conversation real quick. <laughs> yeah. It's not clearly better, not strictly better than Murderous Cut, I wouldn't say, but possibly more fun. Yeah. Playing this card certainly leads to some interesting situations. Those words, double strike prowess, mm, that's what prowess should do. When they're just like, okay, I guess I don't block and I take six, and you're like, I have effects. Yes. <laughs> take 14. So we probably all take the murderous cut, though? I think so. Yeah, that's the more disciplined yeah. pick. Goodbye, dragon style twins. I mean, the murderous cut certainly wins the mash test. True. All right. Well, let's move on to our last pack then, and see if uh, see if it is just as definitive. Okay. Oh yeah! Don't stop. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> we can edit that out, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll ask Heather. Bronze Sable is first. It's a two mana artifact creature. Two one Sable. There's a second Sable now, isn't there? I want to say that, yes, there was a new new Sable. At the time, this was the only one. Great Sable Stag? That is an Elk, I believe. Yeah, it is. Okay. No, I don't. It, there might be, but I don't know. Yeah, there probably is. Watsy likes using the creature types. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's carry on, because I don't think we're going to pick Bronze <laughs> Sable. Ifara's Warden, three and a white for a one-two human cleric. Tap to tap target creature with power three or less. Hey, Natalie. Yeah, it's the one that looks like Natalie Portman. Later, Natalie. Yeah, this card's not good. Catch you on the wheel. Yeah. Not for four mana. No. Sip of Hemlock. Four black black for a sorcery. Destroy target creature. Its controller loses two life. I have nostalgia for this card. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an era of magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. You know, comfortable feeling to sleeve up a six mana murder and feel okay about it. Yeah, it's not as bad as Bringlow, but you just had to play it. Like six mana sorcery speed. Yeah, that was that was some common removal. I would put this like two full steps above Bringlow. There's a specific things about the format that I even make me tilt out about Bringlow. <laughs> <laughs> but this card was fine. Being able to blanket like fully kill anything was like pretty sweet because often a thing had a bunch of auras on it. Yeah. And sometimes they were bestow creatures and that kind of sucked, but usually like still just having all those bestow creatures turned into a bunch of little guys was better than the, the juggernaut, you know, the big like Voltron thing. Yeah. Sometimes you just got a doom blade, the clown car. <laughs> yeah. Like that, like that's why Voyage's end was so good. Part, well, one of the reasons, you know, but just two mana unsummoned scry one is kind of fantastic in Theros. Cause it's like, well, I, you know, <laughs> At least I'm not going to get bestowed into the garbage, right? Amusingly, there was a very similar card printed in, I think, the next set in the block that was four black black sorcery, destroy target creature, and a land that its controller controls. And I think I like the two life loss better. Because in the format, by the time you get to cast your six drop, they don't really care if they're losing a land. Right, sorry. You are absolutely correct. I remember this card. It's from the third set, and it has this amazing piece of art yes. that's like one of those one of those magic eye photos. 
if you if you think you're looking at a fist hitting the ground, that's what you see. And if you think you're looking at a disco dancer swinging their hips, that's what you see. And you can like flip back between the two. It's like the old lady, young lady picture or whatever. Like it was fully a week or two into Journey into Next coming out that someone told me it's a fist punching it's the God's fist punching a ground or a Titan's fist. I was like, oh, that's what that thing on the bottom is. That's curled up fingers. I just saw butt cheeks and a belt. And I love the idea that like, you know, you discoed so hard, like you, you know, you, you booty bumped so hard that just everyone went flying and a creature in a land died. We're going to tear this club to the ground. Exactly. <laughs> next, Thank you. Next is Stymied Hopes. One and a blue for an instant counter target spell unless its controller pays one and you scry one. I don't know. Is this worse or is Runeboggle worse? Buh. I mean, I've been playing Cat and Sensor is actually so good. Oh my god, this card is... Right? Like, this card dreamed one day to grow up to be sensor <laughs> and and look it got it did it right yeah i got about half the words right yeah look well look at sensor you know sensor is the like cool you know working their first job finish their master's degree you know has a budget like you know lives with a roommate but they each have their own part of the apartment and they respect each other's quiet times and stuff version of stymied hopes stymied hopes is like flunked out of second year and not sure what they're doing with their life and like kind of just drifting around and like mostly kind of makes rent but it's late and their roommates sort of hate them and they're not sure what they're doing in their life and they're thinking about joining a pyramid scheme yeah you this is a rich narrative you've crafted and if stymied hopes really concentrates it can become censor (laughs) (laughs) stymied hopes is going to try to sell us tights yeah or knives but like it's it's right in the name hope it's there there's hopes <laughs> we have hopes for you stymied hopes next is Satessen griffin four and a white for a three two griffin with flying and for two green green Satessen griffin gets plus two plus two until end of turn and you can activate this only once per turn it's kind of a groovy card because it's a flying root wall yeah it seems awful and clunky and potentially it is awful and clunky but i definitely saw people cast this card and like be felt kind of threatened by it it's totally fine because you know three two flying is a very reasonable body for a limited game you're overpaying for it but not so much that it feels terrible like when you play moon herons it's not that bad right four mana for a three two flying with no ability you're on one more mana and then you just attack they don't block because you have the activated ability up and then you just don't activate and they take three and it's fine so yeah this card's playable that's what i'm saying yeah fair enough Vaporkin, one and a blue for a 2-1 elemental with flying, and Vaporkin can block only creatures with flying. It's a Welkin turn. Yep. yep. And it was good in the format. Yeah, it's totally fine. So was Welkin turn. Yeah, big fan. Grab these creatures. What was the one from uh, the Unset? It's oh. a book. It's a flying book that's a Welkin turn. Yeah. I forget I, the name, but... That's fine. I really like that one, too. I don't know. I've, I'm just a fan of these cards. Next is Spearpoint Oread, two and a red for a 2-2 with first strike, but it also has Bestow, which is where you could cast a creature like a creature enchantment. So it's five and a red to cast as an aura, and the enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and first strike. And then if the creature dies or is removed while being targeted with the aura, then the Spearpoint Oread just 
clonks down to the floor and becomes a 2-2 with first strike. I remember this causing problems for me, and that might be kind of embarrassing because I remember, like, this was not necessarily what you wanted to be doing with your bestow, but this could cause some carnage. Yeah, I mean, there was a cycle of nymphs at common, one for each color that all had bestow, and this was not the best, but it was by no means bad. Yeah. I feel like this, I'm looking at this bestow six, and my first reaction was like, oh good, spear point area, that card was fine, it was it was solid, it was playable. And then I see bestow six, and I'm like, wait, what? Six? I've definitely cast this bestow, I don't remember it being that much, it's so much more than all the other ones. But I'm guessing that development needed to keep cranking this up as they were test drafting this format, where like, plus two, plus two, and first strike does just kind of wreck combat, mm-hmm. so... They brought mm-hmm. it all the way up to six, and then they were like, yeah, I'll still play it. I mean, Red had monstrous creatures, and so if you're giving your now 6-6 six, six Trample Cyclops another plus two, plus two in first strike, that's uh, a pretty big game. Also worth noting, you can play this for three as a creature, and then the Death Touch uh, Naiad, or Nymph or whatever, is only four mana. Are you thinking of Baleful Eidolon? I am, I think. Is it four mana to bestow and give plus one, plus one in Death Touch? It's five. Let me tell you about the rest of it, because it's it's the next oh, no. card. Oh, no. <laughs> one in a black for a 1-1 one, one <laughs> spirit. It was five. <laughs> one in a black for a 1-1 one, one spirit with Death Touch, and bestow for four in a black, and the equipped creature gets plus one, plus... Not equipped, but the enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and Death Touch. But that card's very good. Death Touch was also incredibly important to combat. Yeah, I mean, bestow death touch is just like kind of this auto two for one. Not necessarily they might deal with it, but it's kind of an onboard two for one where you get to kill their creature twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, our last common is yoked ox. It's an O four ox for white. So that's sure is that's fun. I I guess coolest nickname of twenty twenty. If someone's managing to stay, you know, on their workout routine, just call your buddy a yoked ox in Zoom next time you see him. Perfect. Mm. Into the Uncommons, Burnished Heart, three mana for a 2-2 artifact creature elk. And for three mana and sacrifice it, search your library for up to two basic land cards, put them onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle your library. Feels weird seeing this with a expansion symbol that's not from Commander. Does this show up in a lot of Commander? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a popular card in Commander, for sure. Hmm. I can remember playing this in black decks and blue-green decks. It's fine. Yeah, it was, it was a perfectly playable card in limited as well. Oh goodness, I've just looked ahead and we have we have a real decision on our hands. Ooh, we got through the commons without a Windseed Rider, so I feel like the the game is still afoot. Well, our second uncommon is Ordeal of Heliod. <gasps> oh, so one in a white for a creature enchantment. Whenever enchanted creature attacks, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. Then if it has three or more plus one plus one counters on it, sacrifice or deal of Heliod. When you sacrifice or deal of Heliod, you gain 10 life. Yeah, these were good. This is my favorite card in the pack so far. And I also love how this one, like looking back, I realized there's this interesting story that's being told with, you know, the, the mechanics of the game. No one cares about gaining 10 life generally as a one shot effect, like as a trigger payoff for something. But they just needed to give white the worst reward for completing their ordeal because they have like all of the best targets to put auras on in this format. It was fine. This was still the best ordeal, lol. Like landing one of these on a heroic creature is a pretty good game, right? Like if you put it on the, uh, uh, what's the one-two for one with heroic? 
I'm also trying to remember. Yeah. So our third uncommon is favored hoplite. Thanks so much, Graham. Good memory, Graham. (laughs) It's a single white mana for a one, two human soldier with heroic. So whenever you cast a spell that targets favored hoplite, put a plus one, plus one counter on favored hoplite and prevent all damage that would be dealt to it this turn. Oh my gosh, our pack is just lessons lessons in drafting. Just like what do you do? Do you take the like one of the first best cards in the format or like one you know, or one of the other first best cards in the format kind of. It's awkward obviously. No, the gods betrayed us. It's in flavor. If you didn't draft Theros, this is what it's about. This proud sword high boy right here. Yeah, if this came down on turn 1, somebody was in trouble. You were in for a world of tears. It's true. So, I mean, this was always a like an easy first pick in this format, and it just sucks to take this and pass the white ordeal. Hopefully our rare is not white or blue or red. <laughs> so, okay, so this is so this is where it gets interesting. Well, it's the rare is not where it gets interesting. The rare is Temple of Triumph. So okay. land enters tapped. When it enters the battlefield, scry one, add red or white to your mana pool. Sure. We opened a white duel in every pack. Yeah, that's weird. But Hmm. we do have a foil, and it's also a rare. And this is in a completely different direction than the favorite hoplite. This is Reaper of the Wilds. Perfect. Two black green for a 4-5 Gorgon. Whenever another creature dies, scry one. For black, it gains death touch until end of turn. And for one and a green, it gains hexproof until end of turn. Yeah. Reaper of the Wilds was a house. Yeah, and it also just completely lets us pass on that decision tree of like, do you take the enabler or do you take the payload? You take the Reaper of the Wilds. Before drafting this format, I would 100% agree with Cameron. I would take the Reaper of the Wilds. And Reaper of the Wilds is a very good card and a totally defensible pick. But after thinking about it for, you know, a minute here, I'm just on favorite hoplite. I can let my opponents have an ordeal. I'm just as happy to put any other enchantment or bestow creatures on favorite hoplite. As long as I have the hoplite, I feel like I'm pushing towards a good deck or the best deck. Yeah, it's Mm. I. Yeah, there's a definite pull between favorite hoplite and Reaper of the Wilds. I don't know how clear cut it is, but I'm with you that i think i just take favorite hoplite i ghosted kenji on stream one time with (laughs) what i thought was a pretty good white heroic deck and kenji just had a better white heroic deck involving the rare 2-2 double strike that like gives you plus one plus one counters like normal if you target it with spells and then he also he had some other rare two that or he had like one of the combat tricks that targets two creatures and they like played another one and won the die roll and I probably mulligan to five. And I was just, <laughs> I just straight up played the whole match. I like, I think I was drafting and watching his stream at the same time on my two screens. And then I was just like, oh, they're the same screen, <laughs> you know, or like, or like two minutes apart or whatever. So then I, I was like, well, this is a weird position to be in. Can I get anything from it? It's like, no, nope, I'm just going to lose this match real quick. Probably, you know, almost as quick as if I wasn't <laughs> ghosting him. And, the white heroic deck you know just if it gets out in front it's very tough to beat in this format does anyone remember the rare i'm talking about it's uh was it was it the champion of eros that might be right champion of eros or i want to say like i thought it also had favored or blessed in the name something like that it's just a rare two two double strike 
regular heroic ability for white, white, and one colorless. I know the one you're thinking of. It's just it's just like a random. It's just like the idealized Campbell's heroic journey hero guy. It's just yeah, like here. Yeah, I think you're right. Hero of Iroas, I think, is which is what it is. Yeah, for a while there was always some sort of like paladin in every every set. Just about mm. there's a bunch of them. There was just like this is the white protection slash double strike slash gets bigger somehow creature you know and like they still make a, a fair number of them but not every set anymore there was one in um ether revolt was last kind of half decent one i remember what that it was double strike for two 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 for three double strike and it could get a plus one plus one counter every turn if one of your permits left the battlefield the card we're looking for is fabled hero thank you fable fable fabled hero, hero. yes and he's fighting with two whips. Yes, I remember now. I, I remember the art now. I looked up Hero of Iroas, and it's a rare from Born of the Gods. It's a 2-2 rare for one and a white. It makes auras one cheaper, and it gives you get plus and plus one counters when you target right. it. But yeah, no, yeah, Fabled Hero, definitely big, big deal. I assume if you, if you take Favored Hoplite out of this pack, my assumption is you're getting back spear point oriad because <laughs> i'm looking at like what are seven other cards out of this pack that people will probably take as it goes around and that's like the temple the ordeal the reaper of the wilds obviously baleful idolan vaporkin sip and burnished heart probably leaving your wheel as satessan griffin spear point oriad stymied hopes ifara's warden bronze sable and yoked ox I mean, maybe you can make an argument that like Reaper of the Wilds and you table either the Baleful Eidolon or the Burnished Heart, and that deck is just as good as Favored Hoplite plus Spearpoint Oriad, but I think the ceiling is higher on any deck that has Favored Hoplite, because it really just was the best thing to do on turn one, and like the it, as far as I can tell, the best way to approach building a draft deck. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. You just want to have the explosive start on Theros if you can. And that brings us to our explosive end. That is an awkward segue, Graham. It's late. You did great. <laughs> it was a fantastic segue. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. I, you know, I've been really... I've been really trying to put in the reps until until we talk again. A reminder that this show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. And thank you always for supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. So until next time, I've been Graham for Nelson. Thanks for listening. And Cameron. I'm also here. <laughs> James ran the card reader. Heather helps get these online. And we will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>